Okay, I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. No, actually, wait. I'm just gonna make a cup of tea. I'll be back in two minutes. Forever Young Adults At the podcast where we review books Uh, you have your tea, Kira? I have my tea. Let's do this. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Forever Young Adult, a podcast where I, Aoife And I, Kira Drink discuss- tea Primarily drink tea Secondarily discuss YA fiction from the past and present and future because forever YA Oh, listener We're feeling a bit uncertain about our tagline, listeners. So if you do have any suggestions for what we could have other than suggestions for what we could have other than reading YA fiction from the past, present and future, uh, we'd actually love to hear them. You can get that to us on Twitter at ForeverYAPod or Goodreads. (laughs) We are now available on Goodreads. You can see the books that we're currently reading, which is the books that we will be reading in the future on the pod mm-hmm. um and you can also like comment and suggest books and taglines for the show and just tell us how you're feeling emotionally we care we care Aoife did a wellness seminar this weekend and so she's like super in touch with her emotions and really wants to know how yours are doing i did two body scans in a three-hour period it's too many body yeah scans. my body was completely scanned <laughs> uploaded to the cloud <laughs> Aoife is now an AI. Yes, I am extremely mindful and I'm here and I'm queer and it's Pride Month. It is Pride Month. For Pride Month, we asked you to give us suggestions for books that we could do that had LGBT themes, LGBT characters, and ye gave us the best book, which is Dreadnought by April Daniels. And spoiler alert, it has a trans superhero and I love her. Shout out to my dear friend Izzy who recommended this to us and is very good. I'm really excited to tell you about it. If you're that excited to tell me about it, let's go. Okay, so April Daniel studied this book as part of a NaNoWriMo. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, and she also started it. She was doing freelance work and she was like, oh, this is the last day of my contract. I should look for more contracts or I could write a book. Oh, okay. And then she did. So she just took November as a writing month. It and would wrote seem. A... Nice. Nice. Um, uh, April Daniels is also herself trans. Mm-hmm. And so some of this book is like slightly autobiographical. Um, the bit with the superheroes. Yeah. The bit where the main character flies is taken directly from Daniels's own life. That's really nice. It's nice to have those sh- stories shared. Yeah. So she came out as trans and like fully realized it in herself in her 20s, early 20s. But um, she, when writing this, she was like, my main character is 15 and she is just as sure of herself at 15 as I was at 20, even though I wasn't that at 15. Um, And it's great. It's really great. And also she wrote it primarily with trans women in mind as the like audience and didn't and and didn't like dumb it down for the cis people um and she did say that it's not written for cis people but they can come along for the ride and let me tell you i'm along for this ride <laughs> so it has has april daniels have any other books out um this book has a sequel okay and there is a third book on the way very nice yes 
Is uh, she American, English? She's an American author. Um, things I loved about this book. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, so I am going to preface everything I say for the remainder of the pod with I am sorry, but I am cis. Mm-hmm. Aoife, you are also cis. I am also cis. This yep. is true. So I am integrated in the community pretty well. And oh my God, I hate that I'm about to say this. I have many trans friends. I have like <laughs> some of my best friends are trans. Um, if I mess up, please call me out on this. Please call me out. Yeah. Publicly on our Twitter. And I will do my best to rectify. Um, and I'm saying this in advance, partly because there are parts of this book that I did not like. And it seems in my research that only cis people didn't like parts of this book. Oh, and so <laughs> And nevertheless, she continued. <laughs> and nevertheless. And I was talking to someone else about this. Um, I was talking to Kate, who wrote our theme tune about this. And she was telling me that she recently read an article on Autostraddle's shout out. Um about how cishet people don't understand LGBT films, in particular, mm-hmm. like, the miseducation of Cameron. Cameron Post and But I'm a Cheerleader, which are about, like, like light, humorous takes on conversion therapy. Yeah. And cishet people are like, I don't get it, because it doesn't show, like, the trauma, and, like, they can't directly use empathy straight off the bat to understand what's happening. And you're like, no shit, Karen, we know it's traumatising. <laughs> We're all traumatised. Like, like, We're trying to have a little giggle. Yeah, like, as a bisexual, I don't need to know how traumatising it was for these people to go into conversion therapy. I just instinctively feel that so I understand fully how if you were trans you wouldn't need things that I'm going to complain about in this book in order to like fully feel it you wouldn't need the background you wouldn't need the background the same way um well and again that's probably somewhat a result of the fact that this book isn't for you no you're a lot you're around for the ride it's not for me I'm around for the ride I'm just gonna oh my god you're along for the ride. You're not around for the ride. That means something else. I'm along for the ride. I and I'm not I'm not putting down the book in any way. They are just like very minor problems that I had in in my reading. Yeah, like in the scale of and like other books that we've read and had issues with, less than Ari and Dante. Less than Ari and Dante. And honestly, if we weren't sitting down to do a podcast where we discuss the book in depth, I probably wouldn't even have the problems. I just would have read it and been like, that was so much fun. I loved it. But I had to think about it too much. Okay. Um, okay. Tell me about the book. Tell me what you want to talk okay. about. Okay. The first thing I'm going to do is just tell you straight off the bat. There are timeline issues in this book that very much upset me. Okay. That's the issue, is it? That's my number one issue. Okay. No. Um, I'm going to cut that. There is, oh my God. The Leafa, there is timeline issues in this book where she's like, and then... at like the start of the week and then at the end of the week and then she's like a month has passed and I'm like three months have passed in the amount of weeks that have happened oh oh she's like she's like this whole book occurs over a month and I'm like that's not possible because at least once there was a two weeks later oh okay okay yeah that's that's tough and that upsets me okay as a librarian um okay so I'm gonna I'm probably gonna talk about the things I didn't like at the end okay and just like power through and tell you all about this book which was great and funny and just like super good so what i know about this book just because when someone recommended to us on twitter i looked it up there is a trans girl and Mm -hmm. she is a teenager 
and she somehow inherits a superhero's powers. Yes. And part of the powers is that she magically, instantaneously gets to transition. Yeah. And that's tricky because she isn't out as a girl. Yeah. So um, in this world, and the world building is really good. I loved the world building. In this world, there are superheroes sometime around World War II, um, in much the same vein as like Captain America. Countries were experimenting with like super soldiers and they didn't they succeeded somewhat but mostly there was this one guy and he was fighting in the war and he was flying in a plane and he saw this light and he thought it might be german super battle Mm -hmm. stuff so he followed it and the light that he followed basically imbued him with superhero powers okay um and they named that man dreadnought okay um, and since then, more and more superheroed people, superpowered people, have like come out of the woodwork, and there is now every nation kind of has their own team mm-hmm. of superpowered people. Um, but n- they don't work with their government, and they are like completely separate with- from the government. So there is like a global superhero, superhero team, yeah. and they all have like different bases in different places. That seems fairly like familiar to anyone who's read most DC or Marvel comics. Yeah, and a lot of the a lot of the World the superheroes have like vaguely Marvel DC counterparts. Yeah. Um like they we don't meet him but we there is a guy referenced who isn't a super like doesn't have any super abilities. He's just really rich. Ari Batman, who at the day of recording <laughs> may be played by Robert Pattinson of Twilight fame going forward. Uh, a possibility for which we are all very excited. Um, so it's kind of um, a la Carry On by Rainbow Rowell. It is kind of ro- taking heavily from another work but not in a like not in a plagiarism way in a this is a cultural touchstone and this is almost a fan fiction but it's not actually of a specific work it's of a concept um i wouldn't say that it was fanfic-esque so as much as it's like a little um like an easter egg. it's more like an easter egg okay um and so so yeah that's kind of the world that our main character her main character is called Danny. Is it um, because April Daniel's surname is Daniel? Honestly, I don't know, but I did think about it a lot. Okay. Be- so our main character, her birth name is Daniel. Mm-hmm. And this was an entirely minor problem that I had with it, is that her birth name is Daniel and the name she takes is Danielle. And I'm just like, I don't know any trans people don't who've just feminized their birth name i know of people who've done that as kind of a preliminary step where That's they're like enough. i am coming out as trans and instead of calling me dead name i would like you to call all me like in this case it was like slightly more masculine version of this and then two or three years along the line they were like okay actually i've had some time to think about it and we're going with this entirely separate name yeah and it it could be something like that like i haven't read the later books but it doesn't feel like that's the way it's gonna go okay um and she does mostly go by the nickname of danny yeah um so yeah i just i felt like she was being dead named the whole book 
Okay. Because she went by Danny before she came out and then she continued to go by Danny afterwards. And yeah, you can... You, I'm not telling trans people they can't keep their name. It just doesn't... Usually happen. Usually happen. I would say that by like the real selection bias that we have, because we're both people who move in queer activist circles... Mm the people who we know who are trans are also queer activists who therefore are really enmeshed in those communities and it's possible like you know how there's you get you get gay people who don't see the point in having gay friends and they just want to be like like everyone else i can see like as kind of a it might be a thing where because we're so in the community people have that freedom and people outside of the immediate community mightn't even see it as a thing that they want to do. They might be like, yes, I mean, I, I am not cis and I am going to go through the transition and like, but like uh, picking an entirely new name is such a radical act of like ch- choosing. I, I don't know. I feel like in a more assimilationist environment, it might be less common, but that is me completely spitballing. I don't know of a single person who's <laughs> done this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was just like a side thought that I yeah. had. Uh, yeah, a lot of it's... I'm like, it's written by a trans woman. She she knows her stuff. She knows her stuff. Um, it's just one of those like little things where I'm like, that's strange. Okay. Um, so Danny is 15 at the start of So Danny is 15 at the start of this book. And, and um, we meet her as she is trying to buy nail polish. Okay. And the book is written in like first person narrative. Mm-hmm. So when we meet her all we know is that she's really stressed about buying nail polish and like we don't know why she's stressed about buying nail polish and or anything about that like it just it goes straight into the action with like I am super stressed about buying nail polish and I'm like why okay. <laughs> um because she's been painting her nails for a number of years now mm-hmm. in secret only her toenails mm-hmm. in secret as a way of like being able to control the fact that her body is going through puberty mm-hmm. and it's going through like a masculine puberty and that doesn't like fit with how she views her body and how she feels her body should be she knows she's a girl from the outside she knows she's a girl from the outside um which is actually like so nice. Mm-hmm. There's no discovery throughout the book of like questioning her gender, which is a choice that um that Daniel's made. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, um it corresponds with like how Daniel's felt when she was 20. Yeah. And she has like put that on her character at the age 15. That is really nice because I mean it's Pride Month where we're focusing on queer books. There are so many I mean it's not like the market is fucking flooded, but there's much more emphasis on queer books or books with queer characters where they're discovering that they're gay or trans and that's a huge plot point and it's a book about discovery and self-knowledge we're like especially queer- especially at this age group yeah like queer people also just can go on adventures and be in fantasy novels and sci-fi it's and so superhero novels yeah um and she tells us on like page two um Painting my toes is one of the ways I take I can take control. The one way I can fight back. The one way I can give voice to this idea inside me that gets heavier every year. I'm not supposed to be a boy. I am a girl. I am a girl. I am a girl. And it's just like so empowering. <laughs> That's really good, yeah. Um and so she is so she has just bought uh, this nail polish and she is putting it on behind the, the mall 
when a superhero fight begins above her. Okay. Um, and Everyone can fly in this fight? Uh, both of these people can fly, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and one of these people is Dreadnought, and the other is the villain for the novel, who is, co- who is a cyborg called Utopia. The original Dreadnought from the 40s? This is not the original Dreadnought. This is the third Dreadnought. Okay. So how, oh, well, we're going to find out no. soon how the power transfers. The power, so Dreadnought falls and dies. Okay. Um, because he's been attacked by Utopia in such a way that mortally wounds him. Mm-hmm. With like his dying, dyingness? With his dying breath. In his dying moments. Yeah. In his like dying moments. In his final moments. Mm-hmm. And in his final moments, Danny like, approaches him and is like I'll get you help and he's like no go away run away like Utopia is gonna come back he's like I'll be fine and she's like you're dying let me help you and he's just like you're so young you're so young and then he dies and this ball of light like leaves his chest and then encompasses Danny and Danny like blacks out and when she awakens she has been fully transformed into a feminine woman's body. Okay, like a fab body. Yeah. I'd say. Um age appropriate or age appropriate. Good cuz I was worried for her. Um yeah, age appropriate. So, mm, this is my other problem. I said I was going to do my problems at the end, but I think I'm going to hit them as I go. The body that that Danny gets is said to be her idealized body. Okay. And she essentially looks like a photoshopped underwear model, which I found unsettling. Um mostly because no one in the book is like why is this 15-year-old This like not even why is this 15-year-old look like an underwear model, but why is why does a photoshop person exist in real life? <laughs> they're kind of like they're like mostly just like that 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 she becomes her idealized form and her idealized form is just like a form that is not naturally attainable in mm-hmm. the real world and nobody examines why that would be like an uncomfortable thing for a person to actually exist as or why it's kind of uncomfortable that that is her idealized body i can say from the position of like i can see where your discomfort comes from but i'm just sticking on the fact that this kid is 15 when i was 15 if i'd been given some magical thing that put me in the quote-unquote perfect form i would probably also have looked like a photoshop uh underwear model which is crazy to me now because i am listeners you may not know this i'm a fat person and i'm very content and happy in that way and i think the 15 year oldness of it all means that she probably wouldn't question that and what i would probably find unsettling is if if i was i i, I don't know how like no i actually don't have anything articulate to follow that you can just like cut it from the whole 15 year oldness of it all like she does like she does reflect on it and she's like 
in health class we watch documentaries about how like these are unrealistic body goals Mm -hmm. and we know like so she has done the critical thinking Mm -hmm. about how that is not an actual like obtainable body but she has it it could also be the superhero thing yeah female superheroes in comic art are so often not realistic bodies Mm, like it it is unsettling to me but I'm not sure that, like... It's unsettling mostly because it's not questioned. Okay. The so most that like... it's, like, questioned is another character is, like, yeah, you've been affected by advertising. Everyone is yeah. affected by advertising. And I'm, like, yeah, but... Yeah. Uh, I would be interested in um, the functionality of, like, a body without pores and things like that. <laughs> like, how does that work? So she basically magically... She she magically transitions. She magically transitions in, like, ten seconds. And she is now... Okay, con- continue. So she is... Yeah. Um, she didn't have, like, shoes or socks on for this. And she was out the back of the mall. There's glass and stuff. I'm worried. Yeah, so that is actually a very good point. Because the next thing that happens is that... A vigilante shows up and this vigilante is dressed as a cowgirl and is called Calamity Jane. Cute. Um, and she is my favorite. I love her. And she convinces she convinces Danny that Danny needs to get out of there, essentially, because the police are going to show up and be like, tell us what happens. And then the bad guy will kill her yeah. for like ratting her out and stuff. So she runs away <laughs> in her bare feet. And it's bad Mm. but it's fine though because she doesn't get any injuries because she has absorbed dreadnought's powers what are dreadnought's powers um dreadnought's powers are flying nice uh so dreadnought can fly um dreadnought is super super strong and is kind of like invincible definitely like fairly tough if like Mm, not invincible invincible because dreadnought just died and previous dreadnoughts have died but almost as close as you can come to it okay um is there like a specific achilles heel or is it just if you beat them up real bad the person with the superpower will die um that's kind of it it's unclear how the other dreadnoughts died but this dreadnought died because utopia has an unreality gun to make him unreal they have a gun that makes the space around it undo that's really badass yeah it is really badass but it's also like really bad for just reality what is this cyborg's like aim um destroying the world we don't know we don't know yet because we find out at the very end are they single yes as far as i'm aware the cyborg Evil genius is single. Nice. You are so horny <laughs> for the queer-coded villains. Um, I blame Disney <laughs> for Who doing this. Who doesn't to blame me? Disney? Oh my god, Disney made us gay. <laughs> yes, and I thank the one thing the Disney Corporation did that I approve of. Continue with a beautiful child. Here. Um, so following this. I just want to, like, give a real shout-out to Danny, who has, like, ten minutes of just pure joy for mm-hmm. the only part of the book, because any other time that she is happy, something bad happens. Okay. Or she is very stressed about things. Wait, so this 
moment after someone has died in front of her. It's her closest moment to pure joy. Yeah, she has a lot of guilt about that. But um, yeah, no, this is like... Because everything that she's ever... Like a dream of hers for years, like pure wish fulfillment has happened in this moment. Mm -hmm. Um, She has the body that she always wanted, that she always wanted everyone to see her in. And she also has superpowers. She can also fly. And is super strong and just like... Is she any taller? She's actually shorter because okay. she was a tall boy. Okay. Um, and so she... Her idealized form is slightly shorter. Okay. Um, so she has become shorter than she was before. And also her shoulders have like Narrow. become narrowed and her hips have like widened. Yeah. How much do we get of her like... I don't know, I guess wobbling around dealing with... Wow, what what is this? Or is it just immediately she has to run away because the cops are coming um i look down at my body and yeah that's not the chest i woke up with when i go to reach down into my pants my hands kind of jump back on their own nervous and scared after i find the nerve to feel what's between my legs or rather what's not i explode in tears everything is wrong but so perfectly right i wrap my arms around my legs and rock back and forth last little doubts are gone the fear leaves with them Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Sounds like a pretty good, uh, a pretty good nail varnish trip. Yeah. Even with the dead bystander, honestly. I feel like, I think that still works out as a, as a net positive. I'm very happy for her. So the plot from that point is like basically Danny, Danny working on her powers okay. and also having to deal with the fact that in a matter of minutes, she has gone from secretly acknowledging the fact that she is trans to now being a quote-unquote real girl okay i don't want to say it that way but to now being like entirely red as a girl yeah um and a very feminized version oh yeah such um and so she gets like is she recognizable to people who knew her before it's unclear like when she comes so she kind of skirts around enjoying her new body Mm -hmm. um and then realizes like her new body and also like the concept that she is now the new dreadnought Mm -hmm. um and the consequences of that And then she realizes that she has to go home. And we learn for the first time that her home life is not positive. Okay. Um, Her dad is obsessed with making a real man out of her. And as such has like forced her to join the football team. He is not physically abusive, but he is very verbally abusive and both she and her mom live in like live walking on on tip clothes erupting his anger sounds like a bad dad there it he is a bad dad okay um and so danny comes home and is immediately not recognized and they're essentially like who is this person pretending to be my child and like both parents by both parents so like no siblings Danny comes home and tries to like sneak in the house and gets caught in the hall by her mom. And her mom is like, who is this stranger in my hallway? Mm-hmm. Um, and Danny insists that it's her, Danny. Um, and then the father comes out and is like, I don't know what prank you're playing, miss, but 
go get my son right now. Like, superheroes exist in this world. Yeah, but they don't know that superheroes change genders. Okay, fair, I guess. Um, And she is not immediately recognizable, apparently. Um, But her eyes are the same because the mom eventually is like, no, look at her eyes. This is Danny. I mean, eyes are an inheritable family trait. I feel like I... If something like this happened to someone who was in my immediate family, I would recognize them if only because I know so many other people in my immediate family (laughs) that I've seen every configuration of our (laughs) genetic traits. And if another person came up to me with approximately the same, even if they were a stranger, I'd be like, ah, you were at very least my first cousin. Hello. Yeah. And we get this, like, what should be a really heartfelt... Like, from the dad's point of view, their actions here are, like, real heartfelt and loving. Mm -hmm. And from our point of view, because we're inside Danny's head is horrendous is he is he like oh no what have they done to you he yeah he's like what's happened and danny's like oh i was near a super super villain fight and now i'm like this and like doesn't really go into like she doesn't tell them doesn't go into the fact that like she has dreadnought's mantle just kind of like is like oh i was near a fight and this happened Mm -hmm. as if it was more of an accident yeah um and her dad is like don't worry we're going to make this right. I love you. You're my son. And Danny is just like, no, I'm not your son though. Yeah. Mm. Um, God damn it. You're like, this is just a complete opposite version of what you're meant to. <laughs> yeah. And, and she is like, uh, I don't think, and her dad is like, we will get this undone. I will support you. We will go to every doctor. We will make sure that this wrong is put right. And Danny Danny does say, I don't think that's how it works. I am a girl now. I think we're just going to have to accept that and move on. And her dad's like, no, though. There's some Um, delicious irony in this, even, you know, some parents' reactions to their trans children. This is just like a 180 from that. um, And this is one of the things that I found, like, it's just, it's a problem that I have with a lot of YA books. And it's a problem that I have with a lot of books in general, because if this problem was solved there would be no plot it's a lack of communication yeah so i know that danny's dad is probably never going to accept her right um her mom is a bit more understanding but also not not on board with this situation but repeatedly danny has this problem where she's like i am a girl i am presenting as a girl why do people keep thinking i'm a boy um and i think it's because you told them that a supervillain changed your body and by accident and even though you're like oh yeah i'm a girl it's a very sudden change for everyone around you who knew nothing of what was going on in your head and and while I don't think like that trans people have to explain their whole existence to everyone, mm-hmm. you haven't explained anything at all. Yeah. So what what they're seeing is like, oh, my friend who is a dude has been somehow magically turned into a girl. And that must be horribly distressing for him because he is now a boy in a girl's body. Yeah. And she's like, no, actually, you have that 100% the wrong way around. Yeah. And like kind of doesn't really explain that though it's just like no i'm a girl and they're like yeah i see that but you're a boy and she's like why don't you get what's happening here 
Um, and that comes up mostly with her friend David. Okay. Who is a creep. Okay. David is a creep and he's gross. And he is like gross in a 15 year old boy way, but he's also like just extra gross. Okay, a slithery man. A slithery man. And Danny has never noticed this before as like David's friend. Male presenting friend has never noticed that has never noticed that David is creepy with girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Danny's dad keeps her home from school for a while. Mm-hmm. And they go to some doctors who were like, we don't know how this happened. Um, and Danny's dad is like, well, we're, you're going to stay home from school and you're not going to be seen by anyone until we find out how to reverse this. And Danny's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to school. I love her. Um, and so she shows up at school in her new feminine body. Um, With femme clothes or is she playing a chill or? So she gets some femme clothes. Her mom brings her out shopping um, right after she transfor- she transitions. Um, and it's a really nice mother-daughter, mother-child-like experience um, that later gets ruined. But in the moment is very sweet and gives you the idea that her mom could possibly be on board mm-hmm. and maybe even like had an inkling all along. Okay. Um, so their family is not doing great financially. Yeah. So Danny is like, I need new clothes to go with my new body. And her dad's like, you can have shoes. <laughs> because once we fix this, you won't need new clothes because you can just wear your current clothes. Um, and so Danny's mom brings her clothes shopping and they get like a sensible pair of sneakers and they also get a more feminine like uh shoe she also gets a pair of like flats that are black glossy black with a strap and like super cute and Mm. quite femme and her mom does lets her get both on the understanding that her dad will never like the unspoken understanding that her dad will never see the more feminine version because they also get like feminine sneakers but sneakers are sneakers on the topic of unspoken things Mm -hmm. like when you're saying earlier that like there's a lot of miscommunication between danny and like i mean her parents and the rest of the world regarding like no i am a girl and this is good for me i would just say that danny has been secretly painting her nails for years Mm -hmm. and doing nothing else to change her presentation or to like try a veil of resources to like medically transition or anything Mm -hmm. and people don't do that for no reason i would say there's definitely definitely like at some point she's faced a violent or just extremely rejecting reaction and that would probably explain that no 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 her dad is the whole time trying to make a proper man out of her okay um and is like whenever she did like them coded activities in the past has been like no you can't do that you Mm. have to do these masculine things um you can't play with dolls you can't you have to do football this is how a man reacts and he's just like very he is abusive gender roles are so fucking terrible why would you put that on a child like this is separate because like you know it you know if you're like a whatever if you're a binary person like cis or trans like maybe whatever but i just from a child development point of view and we can cut this because I said a binary person but like just why would you gender your child I get so upset when I hear people violently gendering their kids like it's a kid 
kids don't have an internal like concept of gender at birth and it is it co-develops with the self and gender is very personal but there's no point in why be mean to your child basically um loving your children is way more important than gender boot camp is my point i guess um so yeah they also get some bras yeah um which is is necessary as is necessary and there's also like this nice bonding moment between them she's looking in my direction but i'm not sure she sees me mom are you okay she smiles i was just remembering when my mother took me to buy my first bra i didn't think i'd ever be doing the same thing i like that we're doing this i say it's the closest i can come to saying we're meant to be doing this my mom smiles but it doesn't reach her eyes so, like, Danny is like, mom is on board. And her mom is like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Uh... And it's also Danny's first um, experience with how expensive it is to be a woman. Yes. Um, because she is shocked at the price of buying two bras. Yeah. Um, to go back to what you are saying earlier about the idealized female body thing. And like, to go back to that, like, part of why it might sit oddly with you is because the ideal female body doesn't exist and like I was trying to think like how does it work for like the idealized female body like the idealized female body doesn't need a bra but that doesn't exist you know and also though it is just much more comfortable to wear a bra regardless that no there are people with small boobs who don't find it uncomfortable to go braless but I guess my point is that in our culture the idealized form is to have larger boobs but also to not need a bra and that isn't actually possible for any one human being and therefore the idea that someone like I'm like what is your body made out of then because if it's not made out of the same things as everyone else's is in terms of meat if it is behaving ways that aren't medically possible. And I know I'm saying this in a book with superheroes, but that could be why it's unsettling somewhat yeah, for you. It could be. Um, so after this, Danny goes back to school on the schly mm-hmm. because her dad and her mom also like don't want her to, but especially her dad. And this is where we meet David, mm-hmm. who we've previously only been texting. And by text, he seems fine. In real life, David is a creep. My note on this, by the way, is David is a perv gross boy. Okay. Um, so we find David and he's like, and he is confused by her being in a feminine body mm-hmm. okay and he's just confused about her being a girl in general that so she hadn't told him she hadn't told anyone and like and that's part of my my issue with her being like i don't understand why nobody understands who i am and i'm like it's because you haven't told anyone who you are she's 15 she is 15 she, she is 15 teenagers are very stupid no yeah. we love our teenage listeners and we also love and respect teenagers but <laughs> They don't always have... Their frontal lobe is informed. Yeah, and they don't have as much experience interacting with people. By sheer, like, hours put in. They haven't put in their, like, 10,000 hours of talking to people yet. Yeah. So tell me about this gross boy. So, like, she gets... When she gets to school, none of her teachers recognize her, and she has to, like, reintroduce herself each class. Yeah, why isn't she doing anything in terms of going to the principal and being like, Hi, it's Danny... There's something happening. So I look like this right now. Um, I'm just going to go to school because you put out like an internal announcement or something. Yeah, no, she doesn't do that. Because she's 15. Um, Her first day of school, her mom pulls her out of class. And after that, the teachers are essentially like, well, her mom was there. So this must be Danny. We Mm -hmm. believe her now. Um, But they also thought that someone else was like just 
pretending to be her. Yeah, her her plan doesn't seem to be. She doesn't really have one. She okay. just keeps showing up and being like, "I'm Danny," and everyone's like, "No, we know Danny. You're a new person." Yeah, and she's like, "This is all perfect. I am at ease with inner and outer self projection perception. It's good. It's all great." Yeah, and I can see how it'd be easy to be caught up in that and forget like. Oh yeah, I'm surrounded by sisters who have no idea how anything works. Yeah, it's part of like that wish fulfillment. I wish that I'd wake up tomorrow in the body I'm supposed to be in. Yeah. But if you do that, nobody else knows what's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's confusing for other people. Yeah. But like, I don't really like that, that I'm even saying that because I'm like, it was confusing and hurtful for you to be in... Free to be perceived for you to be perceived and treated wrongly for so many years as well. So this is just equality, really. This is just spreading around the hurt and confusion. Yeah, like this is praxis, actually. Um, and so David is a creep. I've said that many times, and I'm now going to tell you why. It's because he won't stop staring at her boobs. That is unpleasant. And it is. Um, I decked a dude when I was a teenager for staring at my boobs. Um, and also like. When he when when Danny calls him on it, he's just like, "What? Like, it's not like I'm gay or something, like, because I'm staring at your boobs, because you're a dude." So, and Danny's like, "What? What? Wait, you've been um, a homophobe this whole time? You've been a homophobe this whole time? Is Danny straight? Danny is gay. Okay, okay. She's into girls. I love her. She's so she's um, this baby. I need to protect her. A baby lesbian. Um and." So Danny calls him out on like staring at her and then he accuses her of being on her period. Like, why are you calling me out like this? You on your period or something? Why are you being so ugh? I am in my hands holding a mug, (laughs) which is very important to me. Uh, It is one of three mugs I bought at the same time and gifted to people who are important to me and the other two have been broken and all the same you know this is a precious precious object i want to smash it over this kid's head yeah and um danny also calls him out on like that joke mm-hmm. and he immediately ones up himself by being like don't be such a drama queen about it it's just a joke and then yeah does she have other friends please? no david is her only friend at this point yikes <laughs> Um, we do have a nice scene where she gets to use the correct bathroom for the first time. That's nice. Um, mind you, like, she goes in and she's confused that there's no ur- urinals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, just like, not that they're, it's just, just like, bathrooms have urinals. Why, this bathroom doesn't have a urinal. That's weird. Um, and when she goes in, the other girls that are in there are kind of like, turn and look at her. And mm-hmm. then they're like, okay, fine. Yeah. Like, they don't give her a hard time for being in there, but they do like immediately drop conversation. And then they're like, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, though, I'm like, if someone walked into the bathroom and I was gossiping, I'd be like, oh, who's come in? Okay, we can gossip. Yeah, but like, this is a school where they all presumably know each other a little bit. Yeah. And know that this person has turned up claiming to be Danny. And, but also, equally, if I walked into a bathroom and people were talking and then they start, suddenly stopped talking, I'd be like, they're talking about me. Yes, um, 100%. So like, actually. Both, both coins are true. Yeah. Both are true in this situation? Yeah. Okay, great. Well, like... Either could be. Either could be true. Because, like, that, um, is a, that is not a great bathroom trip, <laughs> in, in my estimation. Okay, so she's doing her school thing. How she's dealing with the... She's doing the school thing. How is she dealing with the superhero thing? So, um, while she's been doing the school thing, she has also been practicing her powers. She has gone all the way up to the stratosphere. 
I don't know what that means. She has gone into orbit. Okay. That's how far she can fly. It does not hurt her in any way to go that far into space. Wild. She just kind of, sometimes she just goes up into the atmosphere, like into orbit and just like floats there Mm -hmm. and lets the Earth's orbit just like bring her along. Okay, nice. (laughs) Chill way to spend an afternoon. Yeah, I love it. Probably terrible like phone reception there though. Yeah, not great phone reception. Mm. So she also gets picked up by the Legion. Okay. And the the Legion is the group of superheroes that look after her area. Um, and they pick her up and are like, yo, we need to bring you to headquarters because you are technically the new Dreadnought and we need to find out what's happening with that. But you're also a 15-year-old child, so you can't be the new Dreadnought because mm-hmm. only adults can be superheroes. No child soldiers, please. No child soldiers, please. Uh, not after what happened to Blackfish. Oh, Blackfish? Yeah. Like the documentary about whales? That Harry Styles tweeted about and got SeaWorld to stop. I know more about this than you do. <laughs> um, so she gets brought in. So she goes with them in order to like mm-hmm. find out more about her powers. And she also wants to find out a bit more about like what happened when she transitioned. Mm-hmm. And what she... So they do, they do like a full body test to find out. And what do her parents think she's doing at this time? They think she's asleep. It's okay. nighttime. Okay. Um, and what they find out is, where's the bit about her genetics? Oh, do they test her chromosomes? Um, it starts, I thought I marked it, must not have marked it. Here we are. Um, so they give her a load of radiation. I don't love that, but okay. <laughs> and make, and test her with science stuff that I didn't really get. The idea of the radiation is that so like different parts of her would like flare up and stuff. Oh yeah, no, that, that happens. That's just like what you do with a um, fMRI and stuff. Yeah, and do a load of science tests and a physical and they comes down to um, she is fitter than any individual athlete could hope to be. Nobody has enough hours in the day to train every part of themselves to the level you're at. You've got the cardiovascular system of a marathon runner, the flexibility of a gymnast and the muscle tone of a swimmer. Your muscle density is off the charts. You weigh about 180 pounds. Your strength and speed are beyond all human limits but even without them you're a better physical specimen than basically anyone else alive including other superheroes um it just says anyone else alive and this is normal for dreadnoughts i guess this is normal for dreadnoughts yeah um so i guess we need to find out about the what the cool light is well that's the bad news okay sorry that's the good news okay the bad news is in terms of the physical uh if she wants to have kids She's going to have to do some weird science with sperm because she does not have eggs or a womb. Okay, but does she have anything reproductive-wise? So what has happened is that her testicles have, like, moved. Moved. Okay. So the mantle did what the mantle could with the material available okay but didn't make new material essentially so it didn't make ovaries and it didn't like make a womb and a uterus i guess i just if if this is a beautiful magical fantasy where we're just giving a 15 year old trans girl everything she wants and needs uh in terms of transition and also superpowers why wouldn't you also give her 
I mean, I guess if she has no interest in having a womb, then that is fine. Yeah, and, like, Danny is pretty cool with it after, after like, in the immediacy of getting the news, yeah. she's disappointed and angry about it because mostly she's like, I thought I was a real girl. And then when she ca- when she calms down, she is like, I am still a real girl. Okay. And I'm putting quotation marks on okay. real. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how... The how the mantle works, the mantle of dreadnought, is that it is a magical glowing light, that orb that goes inside of you, makes you super strong and able to fly, and it has for every dreadnought given them a more idealized form of their own body. Okay. So the other dreadnoughts kind of like got a bit taller, got a bit more buff looking. One of them grew back toes, um, because they were missing three toes. Specific but okay. Specific but okay. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of how it works. And so it worked the same for Danny. Yeah. It's just that Danny's idealized form was a different gender. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this leads to some tension with the other superheroes. Why so? Because some of them are not cool with Danny being trans. Specifically, Grey Witch. And I'm very sorry, Aoife, because is I it know... A Grey Witch is a turf. And I'm going to have to tell you something that's going to make you so sad. Grey Witch has a raven on her shoulder at all times. And she is a turf. <laughs> she dragged a raven into this. That's so unfair for the poor raven. That it has to hang out with a turf all the time. I know. That's so unfair. Ravens are very intelligent birds. They deserve to not have to listen to that bullshit. Right? Um, oh, listeners. Uh, turf stands for trans-exclusionary radical, radical feminist. feminist. Uh, it is a term used by people who have reactionary transphobic arguments where they don't like trans people and they are uncomfortable about trans people, but they also um, consider themselves progressive and liberal. So instead they're like, no, 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 no. I'm not a transphobe. I'm just like, what about women? Because women have it so hard. Why don't, why don't we just focus on women? And you're like, we could focus on women and trans people. In fact, there are trans women. We can focus trans- on that if that's your priority. And they're like, no, 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 no. I'm worried about the women. Yeah. And they're awful they basically are like trans women are men like trying to be in our space and turfs are just like kind of gross they're bad it is Um, i i really want a high subscription to this podcast but if you don't think that trans women are women or that trans men are men please stop listening thanks yeah yeah no (laughs) fuck off Uh, okay, so we've got a fucking transphobe. Great. So we've got... Yeah. It starts really nice with... There's another character on the team who is a gay man. And his body is made out of magma. And he is called Magma. Um, and he was born of a volcano. And he's like, it's super great to have another queer person on the team. Represent. And... Oh, Danny is such a sweet child who's just like, how did he know I was gay? Oh, wait, no, it's because I'm trans. Oh, honey. I just love this magma dude. <laughs> this magma dude. Yeah. Um, and anyway, the whole like meeting of all the other superheroes is ruined because, mostly because Grey Witch is just like super horrible. Mm-hmm. And the reviews that I saw of like other cishet, like straight non- um, trans people reviewing the book has been a lot of people complaining about like the stuff Grey Witch says and being like it's so unrealistic that an actual person would say these things and 
April Daniels is like, when I wrote the book first, I had to like cut down the things that Grey Witch says because yeah. people told me it was so unrealistic. And I'm reading it and I'm just like, I have seen people say every single one of these things. So definitely like, if you are trans, you def- you've um, I've like, I've just heard people say them, not directed at me. If you were trans, I would think that at least some of these things have definitely been said directly to you. Um, which which does make me feel like that is a reason why trans people, along with like the wish fulfillment element of this book, would definitely resonate with them. Okay. In that, like this person is also being set like a person who is obviously an antagonist is being portrayed as a is being portrayed as a transphobe in this way. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that sounds good. In terms of a nice, it's nice to get stories that are on your side. Yeah. Like, as a queer person in this world, it's so hard to get a story that's on your side. And, like, I am a cis lesbian. I'm not, like, like, and my cisness means that I have a slightly better chance of getting stories that are on my side. Yeah. Because, for example, this fucker Grey Witch would probably be pro me and anti Danny because because she's a transphobe so like when you've got an intersection of so many marginalized identities it's so hard to get a story that's on your side and so to have one where the villain is so clearly the people who hate you and the protagonist and the heroes are so clearly the people who are in favor of you getting to continue to exist in the world it's pretty nice i have just realized that uh magma is just super cool he's not gay it's uh cryrophil who is um, a human plant He's gay. Yes! That's me. That's my character. Uh, I apologize for having that incorrect earlier. I'm gonna delve into this fiction, just roundhouse kick this witch woman in the face, grab the raven. I'm like, I'm grey witch now. Yeah. So along with being transphobic and also welcoming, the superhero team give uh, Danny like two books one on how to be dreadnought if she chooses to be dreadnought, mm-hmm. which they also have like a fight above her head while she's present about whether or not she quote unquote deserves to be dreadnought because Grey Witch is like, she doesn't deserve to be dread- dreadnought because she's a trans girl and that is super offensive to dreadnought's memory. Um, And I kind of don't under, like I get that Grey Witch is a disgusting person, um, but I don't fully understand her argument here just because I'm like, you think Danny's a boy and you keep dead naming her. Um, So I don't fully understand why you don't think that she should be dreadnought. In terms of like, it is her opinion that Danny is a boy and therefore a man is continuing the legacy but she's also like as i as i talk it through she is i'm getting it yeah (laughs) because she in being a person who does not give a shit about trans people thinks that Danny is a man play acting. Yeah. being a woman and is like well that is a ridiculous silly thing to do in the mantle of dreadnought yeah yeah okay as yeah as i talked it through i got there and then you perfect thank you let's focus on okay i suppose we do have to discuss the like overt transphobia but i want to focus on the fun cool superhero okay i'm kind of i'm kind of finished with the transphobia stuff now because there is a little bit more later on but 
Eh, whatever. Does she get better friends? She gets better friends. Let me tell you about her better friend. Yes. So, she gets the better friend and she's hanging out in her room one day thinking about whether or not she might go try... No, wait. She... mm, Okay. We are going to talk about the better friend, but first off, I have to tell you, she got a book about how to be Dreadnought, and she also got a book about how to be a superhero in general, okay. and like the ethics and morals of being a superhero. It's like a little how-to guide. A how-to guide. It's very big. And they also gave her a superhero suit, which they put her in throwaway colors, which basically means she gets to practice and no one's allowed to fight her. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's a really cool suit. It comes with a USB that you can connect to your phone and do all sorts of cool things with it. And you can also like change the color of it by like playing with your phone and stuff. Mm-hmm. But she mostly hangs out in throwaway colors. Okay. Um, which make her like invisible if she's flying at night and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Um, so she does make a good friend. Okay, good. She needs a good friend. She makes a friend in Calamity Jane that she met at the start. The cowgirl. Yeah, the cowgirl. She shows up at her bedroom window one night and is just like, yo, you want to come caping with me? Which is basically the in-world slang for going being a superhero. Cool. Um, Dreadnought would be what you call a white cape. Okay. And then bad people are like black capes and... So Calamity would consider herself a grey cape. Okay, so she's like a vigilante. Because she's a vigilante. So she's like all about doing what's right, but isn't above breaking rules in order to do so. Okay. Uh, the greater good kind of mortality, mentality. And also she is Latino and does not trust the cops or the Legion for many reasons. That is, uh, based on the real world we live in, that is a fair estimate to have. Yeah. Oh, is is Danny white? Danny is white. Okay, I just realized that we actually had. <laughs> yeah, no. Question Danny on. is white with blonde hair. Okay. I was picturing dark hair for some reason. The character on the front cover is silhouetted, and I guess I interpreted that as black hair. So they go caping together and we discover that Calamity has special abilities. Being cowgirl. <laughs> due to experiments that the government... Do you remember when I was talking about like them making super soldiers yeah. back in the day? Her grandfather was a man of colour and so the government did experiments on him and... Every- based in real world events. Based yeah, on real on. world events, yeah. Much like the governments of now, particularly the American government, did tests on people of colour that they wouldn't have done on white people. For example, giving black men in the South syphilis um, and then not telling them they had syphilis and then getting in a big guffle with ones who went for like army service and obviously they get vetted for all sorts of things. And the army was like, well, we have to tell them that we're rejecting them because they have syphilis. And the U.S. government were like, no, 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 you'll ruin our experiment of seeing what happens when someone has syphilis and you don't treat it ever. Um, Her grandfather was in one of those experiments, but for super soldiers. And he was very lucky to survive because it had a very high mortality rate, these experiments. And but as a result of this, there is a genetic line of people with special super abilities within her family on her father's side and she also has this now so she is just she is super gymnastic and athletic okay and she also has a lot of weapons training 
that okay. she has like done herself. It's the family business. Her father was also a vigilante and is actually in prison for killing a man within the FBI. Okay. Um, because he discovered a conspiracy and so the Legion and the government like locked him up and that's part of the reason why Calamity doesn't trust the Legion Fair. or the government. Um, and it's also a secret that her family has superpowers because the government apparently doesn't know that that what they did became genetic. Yeah. But also part of the geneticness of this test is that about 50% of her relatives die of leukemia. When she was born, she had four siblings and now she has one. Big yikes. Yeah, she's been in remission since she was eight. Oh, good for her. Yeah, I had a cousin die of leukemia, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, that was just one. I've got like 35 of them left. <laughs> like 50% of your family's pretty fucking tough. Yeah, so that's Calamity's story. Mm. And so she's been caping and she plans on like testing out of school so that she can cape like full time. So she's the person who shows Danny the ropes more than anything else. And they become like actual friends mm. as part of this because Calamity knows what she's doing. Yeah. Um, and Calamity's not cape name is Sarah. And we also meet her, like, they go to school together and they don't associate that much at school. Mm -hmm. But when Danny went to the bathroom that first time, Sarah was in there and Sarah was like, this must be really hard for you. And Danny's like, no, I've always been a girl. It's cool. And Sarah's just, okay, you get used to the boys. Okay, cool. Um, So supportive from the start. Does Sarah wear a mask when she's Calamity Jane? She wears a bandana Mm -hmm. around the lower part of her face so that her eyes are out and she wears a cowboy hat so that you can't really see the top of her face. Okay, okay, cool. So that she's in a shadow and stuff. And the first time they go caping together, they stop a robbery in in like a tobacco, alcohol, little convenience store. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of where we see the morality and ethics of of Danny for the first Mm -hmm. time. Like she's got a lot of superhero goodness in her. But she was kind of focused at first on holy shit, what does this mean for me personally? Which is a very common trope. We see it in every Spider-Man movie that they ever make. You're like, oh my God, suddenly I have all this power. This is so cool for me to have fun. But we see the, yeah, but we see like the goodness of her being like a superhero in that like, it's almost definite that if she chose to become a superhero, which she they the book makes clear she could choose not to. Yeah. Um, she doesn't have to take up the mantle of dead knot. She could also she doesn't have to be dead knot. She could also not be a superhero at all, or she could fly under her own colours. Is there a guide to being a person with superpowers who does not want to do heroing? Or is that guide just like try not to bench press any buses and be chill? So Within this world, there is people who are superheroes and there's also people with special abilities or super abilities. And honestly, the difference between them is kind of negligible in that some of those people can fly and it pays really, really well and they work as delivery people. Okay. Because there's no congestion in the sky. Mm. If you can fly, you can possibly be a superhero. A lot of superheroes... are just people who can fly. There's that person that they've referenced whose superpower is being really rich. Like, if you want to be a superhero. I wish I had that superpower. (laughs) Like, so you can just choose not to use your powers Mm -hmm. in that way. Um, So like, Danny has choices and a lot of the book is particularly Dr. Impossible, who I did not talk about and will talk about soon. 
um, giving, kind of being to Danny, you don't have to choose this. You have choices. You're 15. You're 15. You definitely shouldn't have to make any decisions now, but you don't just have to go with the automatic, oh my God, I have superpowers. I have to be a superhero. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, as soon as Danny goes caping, you're just like, they are going to become a superhero. Like, she loves this. She loves it. It's just very, like, ethically strong. She would be a white cape. She would definitely be a white cape. So this convenience store is being robbed. He leaves the store. They chase after him. He shoots her with a gun. She's super strong. The bullets, like, bounce off her. So she, like, brings him back to the convenience store so that the police can, like, pick him up. And the man who was robbed tries to, like, attack the robber. And... Danny is like, you are not attacking this man. If you attack this man, I will come back down here when the police arrive and I will make them charge you with assault. So like the police will deal with this man for the robbery. That is it. That's the only punishment that's coming. And Calamity, who was with her, is just like, whoa, if someone shot at me, I don't know if I'd be so forgiving. I was going to say, like, how does this reconcile with Calamity's very different ethos? They get on pretty well for the most part until mostly they're not breaking any rules. But later in the book, we meet a scientist who deals in um, super tech and nobody really knows how it works. It's just like technology that only really works for super people. Or you can you can have a you can have like a skill with hyper tech, um, but it's super difficult to replicate it. It just kind of it just kind of works within the universe and nobody really knows why on a like it doesn't work on like a mass scale. So every piece of hypertech is like individually created. And what do these things do? So it's it's all that like tech that people make in superhero movies like robots and jets and things like that. Mm Um, but they go to a guy who makes hypertech in order to essentially get to the next clue because they are tracking Utopia. Yeah, the cyborg. The cyborg. And they kind of find that she's been robbing different places in order to get different materials. So they go to this hypertech scientist in order to give him the list of materials they think have been stolen Mm -hmm. so that he can like basically reverse engineer what she's making. Mm -hmm. And in payment, he wants a type of fuel that is really hard to get. And this is where like Calamity and Danny have their first big disagreement. It's that Calamity is like, we'll just go steal some from the university. And Danny's like, we can't steal it. You can't steal, steal things. things. That's bad. Um, and they don't really get through that fight because Utopia attacks. <laughs> Okay. So you don't really find out where they would have gone with that. But Danny wanted to go to the Legion and be like, let's just ask them for some. And Calamity's like, that's not how the real world works. I don't trust the Legion. We can't go to them. Sounds like a little bit of scene setting for the sequels. It's that the lab that they went to got attacked. Okay. Um, because they earlier interrogated one of Utopia's goons. And they reckon that he must have blabbed to her, that he blabbed to them. And so that's why she knew where they would probably be going next. And from that point on, you get like the main battle of the book, which is Danny versus Utopia and also Utopia's goons. And I don't really want to go into it because it's mostly fight scenes and also like twisty stuff happens after this. And I don't really want to spoil the twists if people are going to read them because they're very good. Very twisty. 
I don't care about fight scenes, and I do care um, about preserving mystery. So yeah. yeah, the fight scenes I will say are really well done. I really enjoyed them. Um, even though like it's hard for there to like feel like there's gonna be consequences because Danny is super powered and like very very strong and like at one point earlier in the book one of the first things she does with her powers is she goes flying and as she's up in the air contemplating her life um an airplane goes by and sucks a goose into one of its engines and she stops it from crashing okay um so you're like there's never really a risk it doesn't feel like there's a risk of her being like seriously injured so the unreality gun isn't about not when she's fighting the goons it comes about later and like so when she's fighting the goons you're like this is really great but it feels low stakes even though it's not it's mostly like that there's a time issue because Mm -hmm. she has to get back to do other stuff yeah and also calamity has been injured oh dear um and so there's a whole thing about like having to make sure that like calamity is okay Mm -hmm. and that is kind of scary but yeah and yeah it's it's well choreographed and i i really enjoyed it i got really sucked in to the Mm -hmm. battle scenes which i usually don't um yeah um the there isn't much resolution with a lot of the storylines mostly because this is the first in a trilogy um danny does get kicked out of her house okay um after she tells her dad that she's never going back to being a boy because she's trans and also gray witch calls over to basically out her as trans and also out her as being dreadnoughts okay and in that scene there is so much transphobic language it's very unpleasant okay um and that's also the scene like earlier when danny's with her mom and her mom is like buying her the clothes there's another two incidences where they go like clothes shopping and danny's like i think my mom really gets this and her mom also talks about like when she was small she used to think that danny might like she used to wonder what danny would be like as a girl kind of and is like you never had that stage where you thought cooties were gross Mm -hmm. and you were always like really close with the other girls until like you were basically forced to not hang out with them Mm -hmm. anymore and things like this and danny's like well why didn't you do anything or say anything and her mom's just like well I didn't know there was something to say and in those moments you kind of think that the mom is like like she's being as supportive as she can be but as soon as like it becomes clear that this is who Danny is like Danny is a girl and Danny isn't going back to being a boy ever um and after the conversation with Grey Witch she really turns and is just like you keep talking about like this is your life and your choice but like what about our lives and our choice we didn't we we didn't choose to have a girl where we have a we have a son we don't we have a daughter we didn't choose to have a son either yeah but like they're like we raised you she's like oh I feel like I'm losing my son and okay. Danny's like you never had a son yeah like bullshit but common bullshit yeah and yeah she gets kicked out mm-hmm. which kind of sucks um and by kind of sucks I mean it really sucks and is unfortunately common with yeah. especially trans people but queer people in general um so we're gonna have some <laughs> links about um places you can go for information about Homelessness in your area, because it is, it is a thing that affects queer youth, particularly trans youth. Yeah, so that's kind of the book. Okay. Do you have any questions? Well, where does she live? So after she gets kicked out, she spends a night in the forest, um, just sleeping in the trees, which 
she earlier theorized is something that she could do because like she can literally hang out in the atmosphere in the outer atmosphere of earth so it's not that uncomfortable this is um this is awful but also really amusing to me because that's the thing that i literally know a friend from an abusive family who was kicked out for being queer lived in the woods for a week she's fine she's doing okay has somewhere more solid to live she now. has somewhere to live now um she's doing really well um but yeah and also the the legion have like a tower where okay. she can go where i would expect that that is where she goes in the following books. Okay, because she it just kind of finishes with her spending a night in the woods. No, um, that happens earlier, and then okay. all the battle stuff happens, and it's unclear where okay. it's unclear where her future lies. Okay, because she is she has accepted the mantle of dreadnought yeah. for now at least, and has potentially saved the city. No spoilers. Mm. Um, and she's a real good kid with a real good moral compass, and she's she's dealing with this situation with honestly style and aplomb. Yep, yeah, we love her. What is your highlight of this book my highlight is how much power she has like because she goes from being this person who is in an abusive situation and has zero power over her own life and becomes overnight the most powerful person in her universe which is like super cool and like amazing wish fulfillment and i love it Mm My weird little sidelight is her and Calamity go makeup shopping and it's really nice. Mm. Um, uh, they go makeup shopping and they have like, basically Danny is like, I didn't realize makeup was so complicated. Mm. <laughs> and Sarah is just like, I never wear makeup because I don't care about it, but I know all about it because I have been raised as a girl and mm. therefore have just like, more cultural knowledge mm-hmm. of this area and gives her like a real quick lowdown and it's really nice and really sweet. The things I didn't like, I think I've already touched on mm-hmm. throughout the pod, so I'm not going to go back over them again. Fair. But yeah, that was the book. Um, I would give it an 8 out of 10 mm-hmm. and recommend it to... I don't know if I would give it to cishet people, mostly because I think that they'll... I mean, I'd want to. Yeah. And I hate being like, oh, LGBT books are just for LGBT people because that's not a strong readership and it doesn't do the author any favors but, I have but to, sometimes I'm like they just don't get it I have to say like you can lead a horse to water like it doesn't matter who you give this book to yeah. who do you think is going to enjoy it I think that trans girls are gonna love this book and I agree with April Daniels that it is written for trans women (laughs) and that the rest of us are just along for the ride but as I said at the beginning it's a very good story and it's a lot of fun. I have not highlighted the funness of it. Danny is very funny, she's very snarky and sassy. Um, I didn't talk about Doc Impossible at all who is the doctor that gives her the who is the superhero doctor that gives her the physical and she's also like a chain smoker to the point where like when she goes into the lab she switches from cigarettes to nicotine chews because she can't be without her nicotine for even like five seconds but you can't smoke in the lab and she's like super super supportive of Danny from the start like Mm -hmm. when the other superheroes are a bit like unsure of her and like unsure of like they're like oh I'm not sure if like a trans woman 
should be should be Dreadnought or if you should take on like a different superhero name Doc Impossible isn't is essentially like why wouldn't she be Dreadnought if that's what she chooses if she chooses to be a cape then she should be Dreadnought like there's no reason why she wouldn't be um and they're like oh well like it's only her because she was the closest around when Dreadnought died and Doc Impossible's like that's exactly how all the other Dreadnoughts became Dreadnoughts it's not like I actually was interested I guess um the unity the the cyborg who knocked the old dreadnought out of the sky utopia utopia so utopia didn't get the mantle i thought originally because she wasn't like a human person but is it just that she flew away like she wasn't present when dreadnought died Ah, okay okay Mm. I, it sounds like a really good book how long did it take you to read it um i read it in like three days <laughs> i flew through it it was mm. so fast i i really like when we got the recommendation fought because i wanted to read it as well i might i'll uh, leave it with you yeah i will read it I i'll take out i'll take out all my sticky notes first yeah. cool um let's do some housekeeping at the end please follow us on all of our social media tweet us at forever ya pods follow us on goodreads support our patreon where you there are multiple tiers uh ranging from we just love you and want nothing in return to we will pay you to read this exact book that one's really fun for us I think it's really fun for you because you, that means you can command like a week of our lives, basically. Um, and if you do support us at any level, we will give you a shout out on the pod. Yeah. Um, speaking of Patreon and our supporters on there, shout out to Christina, our first and best patron so far. If any of you want to knock them off that top tier, <laughs> bring your A game. <laughs> And also thank you to Izzy on Twitter who recommended this book for us. Yes, Isabella. Uh, What's her handle? Shout out to Izzy at Chamber for Sleep on Twitter for recommending this book. Again, iTunes reviews, if you're listening to us on anything Apple branded, would be super great because algorithms are complicated. And And if you've gotten this far... In what is probably going to be a very long episode... You're uh, also probably a fan. You're also a fan. So... Only you, the listeners, and we, the presenters, have shared this experience. Kira is leaning on me, laughing weakly. But I want I you want to go to bed. <laughs> in this life, like all we do is pass through this world, and we are always connecting briefly with other people. But let's just celebrate that connection. Give us five stars. We will be back on the twenty-first. We'll be back in two weeks. Yes, on the 21st of June, when I will be reading Stir Fry by Emma Donoghue. It is a Irish book, which we like. It is our second book for Pride Month. It's featuring some lesbians. The lesbians. The lesbians of Dublin. Oh my god, I love that we've got two lesbian books for... Yes! Did I mention that uh, on the pod that... Uh... <laughs> Did I mention that, that Danny is also a gay woman? You did, yes. Cool, 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 cool. Because you said that, um, the, the, she was like, wait, how does this green dude know that I'm gay? <laughs> yes. Wait, no, it's because I'm trans. I was, I was honestly expecting a bit of a calamity, like, romance. Um, I think that you need to check out book two. Okay, okay, mm. I see. Shout out to April Daniels for writing. Bye. Mm. Oh, stay safe and fun and happy at Pride. A good podcast where we review books. Here is your wild librarian. Eva, where are the letters?
friend and you're still here, I think you want to follow us on Twitter. Yeah, you can find us there at ForeverYAPod. And on Instagram at ForeverYAPod. And on Tumblr at ForeverYAPod. We're doing Tumblr. Oh, fuck. Never mind. You can also email us at foreveryapod. And if you really, really like what you're hearing, you can contribute to our Patreon, which you can find at foreveryapod. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next week. Also, if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us a review. We love you. Talk to you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.